0: I think there's still white space in in the travel sector because it's evolving, right? Like the Points Guy had a really interesting bent on it, you know, in their niche. Which, uh, if you use it, was like, I oh, you can aggregate all these points. Here's cheaper ways to travel if you do it on the back of intelligent use of credit cards." Um, and I think the only Planet did it in a very different way. And so I think. Yeah, and you're doing it in your your own unique way. You know, for Mansion and and brands like us in the Airbnb space, I think participating in those curations is is definitely a way to help build your brand.
1: Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at spontaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Buzicruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you will meet John Sutton, co-founder and CEO of Mansion a new fractional ownership offering for those looking to get into short-term rental investing without needing to own or operate an airbnb before starting mansion john was the chief digital officer at red ventures the parent company for brands like lonely planet the points guy and reviews.com so it would to say that john knows his way around building and scaling brands at the intersection of travel hospitality and technology in this conversation, John talks about Mansion's vision for making real estate investing more accessible and exciting. Fun fact, you can actually own a piece of your own mansion for as little as $9 a share. Some of the learnings he garnered while at Red Ventures about the future of travel and hospitality, how Mansion's approach is different from that of Techvesters here or Wander who have similar offerings, and what he predicts will happen over the next five to 10 years as more of these branded, professionally managed STR funds continue to grow. All right, friends, without further ado, get ready to meet John. All right, John, we are live, dude. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Zach. Thanks for having me. I am. I'm thrilled for for our chat, especially because you have, you just were telling me you've got like a two-week-old son at home. So the fact that you're even functioning right now is is quite impressive. Uh, you know caffeine and a good partner helps make that a little bit easier <laughs> uh amen to that man um well dude i am thrilled for our chat i can we connected on social a while ago i have since then been able to do a little bit of digging into what mansion is you guys have a, a beautiful website by the way um kind of poked around g- became a little bit familiar with with who you guys are and, and kind of what you're focused on but i'd love to just kind of hear fresh from the horse's mouth w- what is mansion and, and where does the story of mansion begin
0: well, it could be too long of a story for the pod, but I'll give you the the short version of it. Uh, some people know, but I, I was uh, an executive at a, a firm called Red Ventures based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. But I was in charge of our uh, city and park global operations what, in Brazil and then in the United Kingdom. So it, really, the mansion story started in 2017. I was moving to the UK with my family. I had a pretty nice house in a country club neighborhood in in Charlotte. And despite the HOA rules, which I later learned uh, <laughs> we were violating, I said like, "Well, I don't want to. I don't want to lease it out for long term. I don't want to sell it because I'm not sure when I'm coming back. Depending on could be six months, could be two years." Yeah. And so I, dab- I dabbled on Airbnb, listed it like a, probably a lot of uh, the beginning hosts for you guys, and uh, surprisingly. Started doing very, very well. Uh, I mean, hopefully, I've always had a a bent for design myself. And so we, you know, it was a a pretty nice house. And we just kept raising the nightly rate to say, (laughs) and started playing with a bit of the, the things that you can on the Airbnb algorithm. And what I learned at Red Ventures, if for those who don't know Red Ventures, uh, probably best known for some of the assets we we own in the the digital space, like Bankrate.com, CNET.com, Healthline.com, massive SEO presences yeah. from an organic search standpoint. And what I what I had seen was Airbnb reminded me a lot of optimizing for Google, as it relates to what are the things they care about. Yeah. How do you put yourself in the mindset of how do they? What do they think about customer experience? How do they think about their economics? And so, pretty quickly, got our the one house I had constantly booked and ranked at the top on most searches in Charlotte. And that was the beginning, really. Uh, I didn't start mentioning the company though for a couple years after that. Uh, I another kind of individual consultant friend of mine and I started buying some properties in and around Charlotte. So the, really the origin story of mansion in Charlotte is just opportunistically, uh, that was the market we headquartered red ventures in. That's where my family was. And it just also happened to be one of the fastest growing cities in America, good young population, good balance of tourism and business travel with the banks headquartered here. And so we bought five more properties. Uh, he and I, and we needed an LLC to, to put the name on it. And I had this thing in the back of my mind of the people that were staying at my property and, and by no means is was my first house a mansion, but it was a pretty nice property. And I said like, it's kind of nice that Airbnb enables everyone to live the mansion life, mm. even if just for a day. Mm. Um, and so the idea was like, how could we, what was the mansion life? How could we bring an experience Of convenience, of flexibility, of things handled for you, of things well designed and thoughtful. Uh, How could we bring that to every property we have? Yeah, Uh, but we didn't have million. We didn't have millions of dollars necessarily to invest, so we started buying. You know, three hundred thousand dollar house, and then a five hundred thousand dollar house, and then a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar uptown condo, and uh, learning like again, like a lot of your audience, all the ins and outs of uh, how to how to do Airbnb and. My background is product and technology uh, primarily in yeah. digital marketing. So instead of hiring a typical property manager, I hired a couple of engineer friends of mine and started building a tech stack to, uh, I would say automate, but also just to really deliver the experience we wanted to our guests. Uh, and that was the beginning of Mansion in uh,
1: really mid 2019 when we started building the technology. And was the, so, so was, the, uh, was the tech the moment, once you had built the tech, that you realized, hey, like this is, this is like a real business. H- had you, had you all re- kind of come to an agreement that, hey, we're going to actually do this full time before, before you started building out the the technology component or at what point in time did you admit to yourself that like, okay, this is, this is, this is real now. This isn't, this isn't like side hustle yeah. gig anymore. Uh, This is, this, it's, it's time to go all in. It took a it took a lot longer than that for me, um, and I think for the te- the early team. Yeah. Um, so
0: I think we were all passionate about you know building something different. We all are a little bit of tech nerds, so we like the data and analytics part of it. But it really wasn't until 2021 when I retired from Red Ventures. I say retired because I decided I'm not going to do the venture capital or M&A or digital marketing aspect of what I was doing for Red Ventures. i had been there for 12 years, uh, still a shareholder and friend with uh, all the exec team there. But I wasn't sure if I, what I was going to do. I had the mansion business. It was doing over a million dollars in recurring revenue for us, uh, You know, managing mostly properties we owned or yeah. friends owned, probably like uh, a couple of other folks I've heard on your pod. And... Uh, I chatted with a friend of mine. I was lucky to know a guy named Eric Wu, who's the CEO of Open Doors, uh, oh. which some people in the audience yeah. might know, and talked to him about the you know what should I do next? I was thinking about going into maybe going to venture capital because I love new age technology companies, and he's like, I don't think you're going to like that. It's mostly <laughs> sales, and it's not as operational as you might like, and so. Uh, I talked a lot about property technology and as I looked at the space as a whole and just looking at real estate, that was one of the categories where it just felt like true technology and a consumer first lens hadn't yet hit that space. And I know we're so deep in the Airbnbs, it kind of feels like, oh no, there's a ton of technology and innovation, but a a category at large, if you think about the invitation homes or American homes for rent, like the really large players, and not exactly known for their consumer first experience. Yeah. And so I I like the idea of revolution building something more revolutionary in the the real estate space or prop tech space. And that was when I joined Open Door as an advisor. So I advised Eric as they built some of the products like open door exclusives. And then it wasn't until uh really beginning of 2022 where I said like, hey, I have this mansion idea. I think it's bigger than just managing some uh, real estate assets. Yeah. Like what if we could build the next generation hospitality brand, Yeah. which is kind of what we see as our, our mission today. And what does that look like? And we like to compare ourselves more to the, our vision is to be more like a Hilton or Marriott, like pillars of a true hospitality brand Yeah. than it is necessarily to compare ourselves to the other, you know, maybe boutique Airbnb brands that are out there today.
1: Yeah, super helpful context. Uh- Yo, friends, I want to interrupt this episode for just a few minutes to share this quick story with you. So unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard me talk about Minoan, a completely free platform to purchase everything that you need for your short-term rental. Well, the Minoan team has been a huge, huge supporter of Behind the Stays, and so I asked them if I could interview a few of their customers to get the inside scoop on their honest thoughts about the platform, and they agreed. So have a listen to the following quick story to better understand how Minoan works, how it compares to other offerings in the space, and why so many STR owners and operators trust Minoan to help them furnish their Airbnbs. All right, Maddie. So I want to hear the story behind how for the love of upstate began. Can you take us back to to the beginning of this this brand that you've built?
2: Yeah, yeah. So back to the beginning of my Airbnb story in general. Um so we started with rental arbitrage, worked my way up to save for down payment on a house in Big Bear. We ran that for one winter and then decided to sell it because the real estate market was crazy and (laughs) we got an offer we just couldn't refuse. But then I had this idea of creating a brand of short term rentals that was consistent and luxury and just like a reliable experience for travelers. And so we were looking for an area that would basically like accept that business model. So it had to be an area that wasn't super saturated, but it also had to have enough deals where we could buy multiple properties. Yeah. Um, and not create our own competition. So we came to Upstate New York um, to visit and to look at properties and we just like fell in love. Like it was the most beautiful place. It's like neon green here in the summer. It's beautiful in the fall, the winter is fun. So it just seemed like the perfect area for us to build this company um so the portfolio so far is a combination of rental arbitrage properties we own properties investors own properties we own with investors so we've been able to grow using multiple different methods of financing and partnerships um and we're just at the beginning we've only really been operating since the beginning of this year
1: Wow, that's incredible. Uh, first and foremost, congrats on, on that growth from an idea to, to where you're at today in just a couple of years. I want to talk to you a little bit about Minoan because I know that they've been a part of, of your story and a, and a part of what you're, what you're building. What was it that was attractive to you about their offering?
2: I think the first time I heard about Minoan was through social media. Okay. Um, so like we followed each other, would comment on each other's posts, and then that moved to the DMs. I kind of kind of got to know their team before I even knew what the product was or what they were offering. And then eventually hopped on a call with Sage, who is amazing. Um, and she walked me through the platform and what the possibilities were. What caught my eye at first was the ability to have a shoppable property because it was something that I had played around with before. Um, but it was very attractive that they already had the infrastructure built so Mm. i could piggyback off of what they built but still accomplish what we were looking to do so that's what first drew us in and then second like once we saw the product discounts we were like oh this is a no-brainer part of the ethos of for the love of upstate is having more luxury goods um, nicer furniture better amenities nicer supplies and using Manoan allows us to have those luxury items while still justifying to investors why we're spending on them So a $5,000 couch is still a $5,000 couch, but we might have gotten it for $3,500. It was a game changer for us. um, And I went so crazy at first, like bought all the nicest things. And those are the things that guests notice. The things that I bought on Minoan that I spent extra on, but in reality saved on, are the things that the guests really like, like nicer mattresses, beautiful couches, snag appliances. Um, They've made all the difference and the guests totally notice. And then the customer service is just like next level. A huge part of setting up an Airbnb is going through the inventory and seeing what's damaged or what didn't get there, or what you changed your mind about. And that was like, used to be my least favorite part of the entire process. Like printing out labels and scheduling pickups and driving to FedEx to the point where I just sometimes wouldn't do it. I'd be like, whatever, we'll keep it. We'll put it in the garage. (laughs) Um, But Manoa makes it so easy. Like I just email them a picture. I'm like, hey, the TV's broken. And they reply with like, hey, here's the label, FedEx will be here at this time, tell us where you leave the box. Um, and it has just been so, so easy.
1: My last question for you, Maddie, is, is about you know what's next for, for the love of Upstate? What does the next year to, to two years look like for you all?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The next year we're really focused on growing in upstate New York. Um, we have five properties that are either up and running or under construction. Um, but we're kind of now moving like rapid fire speed on acquiring more and more properties because we have investors ready to deploy with us. And then I think after a year or so continuing to grow up here, we would love to expand into another area, like for the love of whatever that may be. of my partner and I, we love moving around. We've always moved to where our Airbnbs are. So I think that continuing to grow our business in upstate New York and then choosing a new area will be really fun for us.
1: If folks who are listening to this conversation just want to learn a little bit more about you and, and follow your story, what's the best way for them to do so?
2: Yeah, on Instagram, we are at Skylar and Maddie. And on TikTok, we are at Maddie and Skylar. We couldn't get the same one on both.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. All right, folks, so you just heard about how great Minoan is. And again, it is totally free. So as soon as this episode is over, head on over to the link in the show notes below and create your free Minoan account. And when you do so, be sure to tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. All right, guys, back to the episode we go. One of the things that I think is so interesting is that uh, I've had a lot of people on the show recently who are you know, have built businesses most of them have started with with you know a few homes in a particular market they've grown they've wrapped a brand around it they, they now want to get into unique stays. Some of them are, you know, uh, raising funds, and and like it's 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 a very innovative space. It, it feels very innovative and very new, even though like the vacation rental, like the idea of a vacation rental asset is, is quite old, right? Like it, it's been it's been around for a while. But there's definitely a lot of like new energy in the space right now. But one of the things that I think is so interesting, John, is that some of these folks that I've been talking to recently, they they they're all building their own like in house tech, which which I just think is like really. It's interesting, right? Like, meaning there's clearly, there clearly isn't enough prop tech that's meeting needs like needs that you that you and the mansion team have right where there's not like an obvious oh let's just hop on this platform or that platform right like i talked to you know folks like you i talked to the folks at techfester talked to the folks at casciola which again very very different things here but everyone's like building all of their own technology in-house and this is just this is just interesting to me i I come from a, a growth marketing background right and like you know we we helped folks Transition from Salesforce to HubSpot, and and you know, and like in that space, right? As you very well know, like in ad tech and martech, th- there are some leaders. There are some category leaders that people get on, right? And it's just interesting to me that it seems like that there it, there aren't obvious category leaders in this space. Why? It, first of all, is that true? And and if it is, why do you think that that's the case?
0: I think I'll, I'll put on my chief digital officer hat from my Red Ventures days maybe and answer the question as best I can. But I'm pretty close to it at the Mansion side. I think in any in, in the ecosystem, there's a bit of a cycle, right? On the innovator side, you often see people that have a different thing they want to do that's very difficult to accomplish with a platform. So if you think about the growth side, it might be saying like, oh, we use you know, Google Campaign 360 or we use Adobe yeah. Stack or something yeah. like that. But like, if you wanted to do something very different, it was difficult because even though they may have APIs or something, you couldn't really apply a new bidding algorithm. And then along comes maybe uh, Trade Desk and they say like, actually, we'll let you put your own algorithm yeah. behind the scenes to buy your display ads. Well, I think what's interesting in the Airbnb space is most of the tools were really built for the, the 90%, the SMBs. Right, like so, the guesties, even uh, like we use hospitable on the back end to handle the the messaging
1: component for us. Yeah.
0: Um, but there's not as many infrastructure players that are like the trade desks who say like actually you guys should build the the tech you want to build on the front end. We'll just be the the uh, the pipes in yeah. the back and yeah. handle all the, the complexity you don't want to deal with. So you don't see somebody who's like, hey, we're just a channel manager. You yeah. plug in whatever you want on the front end. Uh, I think seam, I don't know if you know seam, they're probably the what I think is more the future. So uh, seam is basically building an API for Internet of Things. So huh. uh, they they just raise some money aside as their CEO from um, Tiger Global. But like okay. those types of companies, to me, you know, our tech at mansion, we we care most about the consumer experience. So yeah. we want to own the front end. We, we want to own the communication as best we can with the customer. We're big believers in the OTAs, but uh, we don't think we have to build the plumbing yeah. if we can find people that can build it, build it for us. Uh, and so I think that's probably a maturity thing right now is everybody's building their stack because they're at different places in the life cycle. Some have five, some have 50, very few have 500. Yeah. Um, and so I think probably the folks that are biasing that opinion right now are the ones who have ambitions to have 500 or thousands, and there's just not a solution that would get them to that place in a... At least in a way that they would feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, and I, I just feel like it, there's, there's clearly opportunity for entrepreneurs to come and like build some of these solutions because you talk to people like you, and I talk to people like you, you know, three, four times a week, and it's, it is just funny how, uh, in the last few weeks in particular, everyone I've talked to seems to be building their own like tech stack, and I'm like, why is that the case? Like, and, and they care more about hospitality or they care more about brand or like their, their core skill set is not, is not like developing software right um, but but they end right. up you know finding and partners or, or they end up bringing you know people into the fold uh, in in the context of like full-time employees to, to build these solutions and i keep scratching my head thinking like wow like okay interesting there there has to be an opportunity here if if everyone's building their own solution like that's not great for for the industry at large from my perspective anyways but again maybe it's just because all of this is so like nascent still
0: I think that's probably true. I mean, my advice to my team and probably to the other entrepreneurs like us is be comfortable throwing away what you're building right now, because like somebody will probably come build something better. And you'll realize like, why am I spending two engineers on this yeah. thing that I could just buy for, you know, 10,000 a year or something yeah, like that. And yeah. So that will happen in our space, just maybe not there yet.
1: Yeah. I, I want to unpack the mansion business model a, a little bit more just so uh, I, I can understand it better. Our listeners can understand it better. But I, I I do have to ask you one question about your time at red ventures because I am a huge huge uh points guy fan and I've been uh, I've been a fan of theirs well well before I think you guys acquired them in the last few years if I'm if I'm not mistaken In
0: 2017 we uh took private bank rate which bank okay. rate had acquired the points guy
1: oh okay 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 I was following them long before 2017. And anyways, it's just been cool to see sort of like this content brand, you know, really, really kind of like grow and flourish. And again, I, I can't speak to how they're actually doing today, but I did want to ask you, I did want to uh, ask you just a question about like travel media in general, right? And like how, from from your perspective, and and I don't know how closely you worked with that brand or I think you, got, you guys own another, um, what's the other travel brand you own, the other travel media brand? Uh, well, so the points guy
0: is the largest one. And then we acquired, uh, oh geez, I'm drawing a blank yeah. right now. I, I uh, looked on your uh, website on, yesterday. On
1: um, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, it's it, uh, it a, start, it started as a guidebook. I can't think of the brand name right now. Okay. I feel well, bad for the CEO, but, uh, <laughs> they, they actually acquired it after I left. So I'll take some, uh,
1: take a pass on that one. Okay. Okay. To- totally fine. So anyways, my, my question for you quickly, before we move back to mansion is just, what do you think about like travel media today like is there is there opportunity in the space like as as we see these additional like travel asset classes kind of like form and 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 grow in popularity like short-term rentals this idea of people like falling in love again with like boutique hotel experiences like what opportunity if anything do you see for like travel media brands in the space
0: well, two things I want to say sorry to the Lonely Planet CEO. Lonely, Lonely Planet, was the thank you. Brand thank we yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and and the, that team is doing some really cool stuff. So my take, uh, and I'm not an expert in the travel media space, but Brian Kelly, who it was the points guy, and now it's become bigger than, than just him, is a friend. Um, and I was closer to, to that business. I think what's interesting, and you're doing a lot with your brand as well, is consumers are looking for curation to some extent right like there's so much out there uh that you know i think you even see it with the updates and google's algorithm is they're referencing people who have real experiences human experiences that can help them make a decision and so you know a lot of the theory behind red ventures and the brands that operate under the portfolio was just that like how do you help consumers make better decisions yeah i think there's still white space in in the travel sector because it's evolving right like the points guy had a really interesting bent on it, you know, in their niche, which uh, if you use it was like, I, oh, you can aggregate all these points. Here's the cheaper ways to travel. If you do it on the back of intelligent use of credit cards. Um, and I think the only planet did it in a very different way. Yeah. And so I think, yeah. And you're doing it in your, in your own unique way, you know, for mansion and, and brands like us, the Airbnb space, I think participating in those curations, is a is definitely a way to help build your brand. Yeah, right? like how do you think through? How do you integrate? How do you get distribution beyond just OTAs? Because you know the OTAs have to curate thousands and thousands of listings down to a couple of paragraphs. Yeah, uh, but I think you know a lot of these unique experiences, um just like hotels, I deserve you know Brian or somebody going to them and experiencing it and reporting back like more than the marketing copy, but like that real human touch, and I think. That can't be done by the brand itself. You really need people in the space that can be trusted authorities to come in and validate that that experience is is one worth uh, other people having.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, super, super interesting, and I appreciate that that context. And I, I, I you know, selfishly wonder too just about the curation economy in general, and like, hey. It does seem as information, and it'll be interesting to see how like AI, you know, uh, adapts to this. And and I think in in some ways, like AI, like tools like ChatGPT are like incredible curators, right? Like they 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 perhaps are that solution to an extent, right? Um. So I don't know. We 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 could talk all day about that, but I I'm interested just to see like how curation becomes significantly more important to especially like the digital consumer experience right like and and I, i think obviously search was revolutionary um and you know seo for for i still think seo is important by the way but like for a while it was incredibly important and like there was this huge like the fact that you could if you if you sort of roughly followed these these outlines and these 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 guardrails you could get your content to outrank a a serious brands content was just remarkable right a little bit harder to do today but um but anyways i do i do wonder what this means for hospitality brands especially startup hospitality brands as they're thinking about their go to market strategies right like leveraging influencers right what's the what's the best way to do that our, our a, lot, a lot of folks who listen to this pod have you know great relationships with influencers. Some people really hate working with influencers, other people really love working with them, right? But 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 in essence, I think everyone's trying to wrestle with this this big question, which is what are the next generation marketing strategies that make the most sense for our for our brand, for our product offering, for for our business? And given how many options there are and how many channels there are and how much noise quite frankly there is figuring out how to discern what those right ones are for you and your business is is increasingly difficult um anyways that was a little bit of a tangent but uh thanks th- thanks for uh, partaking in this in this uh, off ramp with me
0: no I, I think it sounds like you and i have similar backgrounds we could talk about seo and ai for a while but i think to me the the future maybe I, I, I break it down to be more simple, which I think number one is about authenticity. So for every brand, what's authentic marketing for them and where they reach that audience in a real way, it might be different. Vester might be Reddit or places where they find high net worth engineers or something versus mansion. you know, We aspire to have a more emotional connection. So yeah. for us, it might have to be long form content or video content or things where we can show more of the design and the elements that matter for our audience. Um, And then I think the second one is community, which goes hand in hand, which is like, how do you build up a community of supporters and ambassadors for the brand? And that is actually a big reason why we made the decision to raise our capital for properties through our our community Hmm. versus doing it through institutional funds is we really wanted our alignment to be about like, what's good for our community. If our investors are also our guests and we can tie those things together, then every decision we make isn't Kind of two sides of a coin. It's yeah. really heading in the same direction, and so I think every brand is going to have to battle with that. Like, how do they align their business model with their community, and, and in an authentic way? How do they connect with them? And if they do that successfully, no matter the medium, uh, you know, I think they'll they'll probably have a a pretty good business.
1: Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you are not in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. Thinking about the mansion business model for, for a second, like well, how, how does it stack up or compare to, to, to folks like kind of like here or like Wander or these other examples where we're seeing uh, funds that are that are kind of like spun up to buy and then manage sh- uh, collection of short term rentals. Some of the, some of these folks are really focused on one property type, right? TechFester uh, is really focused on kind of like that single family home, buying single family homes in vacation destination markets, and then applying some cool design and, 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 and you know, charging more than the house next door, for instance, right? So what what is your guys' like approach and, and business models? Is it pretty akin to that? Is is it is a do you have to be an institutional uh, investor to be able to invest with you guys? Like, talk to us a little bit about the business. Sure. So uh,
0: I know most of the brands you mentioned pretty well, but instead of comparing directly, I'll say you know our we see our competition, like I said earlier, as building what we hope is twenty years from now the next Hilton or Four Seasons or Marriott yeah. brand. And I think the pil- the pillars for us our property management. So that is where we have more of a history. I think we've built some pretty robust processes and playbooks, but we're still just getting started. Yeah. Uh, I think our vision for that is if we can do it successfully, we didn't want to be a commodity. Yeah. So I'll give you kind of the, the story into the, the pillars. But so on the property management side, we probably look similar to here. We only manage properties we own or control. Like we don't manage third-party properties. We're not competing with the mines or others of the world and trying to go convince host to let us manage their property. Yeah. So it's it really is a captive property management. That was a, a purposeful decision. I saw the agency world uh, in my early days before Red Ventures. And I just feel like it's a constant sales process and it becomes a bit of a commodity over time and yeah. pricing gets depressed. And so I didn't want to be in a place where it's like, oh, we have this great business earning 25% margins. And it's like, well, every year we lose two points until it's down to eight percent or something. Yeah. And so Uh, We said, like, all right, if we're going to do it, we want to do it in a way that's differentiated. So that's one part of it that looks like uh, Wander, like here, and I think TechVestor manages their own as well. Yeah, Uh, but different than maybe Arrived, uh, who's more on the investment side of things, where they partner with other property managers. I think the middle pillar, which connects to our last, is around real estate development. Uh, You know, historically, just like a lot of other hosts, we were buying properties uh, on the market, so. you know, if there were MLS listings, we would curate them. We'd go through our analytics and similar tools like House Canary and AirDNA and our own underwriting models and look at amenity-based pricing and things. And we would acquire a property, put it under contract, use our own capital to buy that property, and then uh, basically operate it for cash flow and yeah. rent and repeat if we can raise the, the debt to do it. Well, what happened in really late 2022, as we look to say like, okay, how are we gonna go add the next 100 properties is we had raised a fund uh, of high network institutional investors, accredited investors really, under Reg D with the SEC. We said, okay, we could, we could go do that again. Well, on the first fund, and I'll just share some numbers publicly. Yeah. The first fund uh, that we set up in 2021, we offered a 6% coupon, basically a guaranteed dividend to those shareholders. And we said, okay, over the life of the 10 year fund, if we exceed a 12% return, uh, then we earn 20% of anything above that pretty typical, like fund structure. Uh, and there's decent economics in that for us. Well, what happened as interest rates went up and as the the hurdle rate increases, if we were going to go raise that money now, it'd probably have to look more like a 10 to 12% coupon and more like an 18 to 20% hurdle. Well, that doesn't make as much sense in our business, right? Like even a great property maybe has a eight to 10% dividend if it's very, very good property. Right. Yeah, And like, so paying a 12% is not going to work on a, on a preferred. And so we could have gone more to the institutional real estate or REITs, um, who Open Door does a lot of business with, but really the reason I didn't want to go there is I wanted us, I feel like invitation homes and some of the, the bigger REITs, like the, the reason their business is where it is, is they're solving for their main constituent which is the shareholders
3: yeah right like yeah. the
0: investor is their main constituent yeah so they're doing the right thing for them by trying to save every penny and i said like all right well how do we change that and we saw what arrive.com was doing uh, around and masterworks and other people in what i would say is like the fractionalization of assets yep and the more democratization is overused but this idea of like anybody could become an owner of the and I really like that concept because I did see during our time at bank like running bank rate and other financial assets is there's a lot of consumer, you know, lack of access to investment vehicles that can be, you know, can generate pretty good returns for them, uh, whatever that asset class might be. And it's mostly just because historically it was locked behind that accreditation requirement. Yeah. Right. So you have to earn over two hundred thousand or have a million dollars in assets and that's great. Like I'm lucky enough to have been in a position that I could access those things, but a lot of people weren't. And most of our guests weren't. Yeah. So even though we had higher end properties, like I said, people were willing to splurge and spend the $500 for a night or, you know, a thousand dollars for a nice weekend, but they couldn't, they couldn't pay that for 30 days. Yeah. Uh, and then as they talked to us about wanting to buy their first property, I think this is more of the business case for why we we focus where we, we did on the mansion business. So we have property management and what we just launched on Friday is fractional real estate investing open to retail investors. So the minimum is $99. Wow. You don't have to be a credit investor. You do have to go through KYC and stuff. This is like a federal requirement yep. to make sure uh, we know our, our customers. But other than that, uh, you can invest as little as $99. You pick your own properties today. So it's not a fund. It's an individual asset we made that kind of a choice as well. I I just think I saw it at Open Door. I saw it kind of looking at some of the the real estate players like Zillow and Trulia who get, you know, 200 million visits a month, even though there's only gonna be 4 million real estate transactions this year, right? Right. And so the reason that is, is people I think are dreaming and aspiring to live in that next house or, you know, whatever that, that may be in the real estate space. And I just think traditional financial portfolio assets or REITs or funds, Lack that emotional connection yeah. to the home and the property, and so our vision is to access that audience. And so the you know two hundred million visitors that go to Zillow, you know, if you fast forward five years from now, I hope that on some of those they can say like, well, I can't buy the whole house, but I could buy a share of it. Yeah, um, and the way it works is business is not a timeshare model. The mansion business is we operate the property, we source the property, uh, we fractionalize and allow people to invest in it, and then. Uh, we pay dividends, so if you're a shareholder, you'll get paid quarterly dividends. Uh, whatever your pro rata share is of the net income on the property, you'll participate in home price appreciation over time, just like you would if if you owned it. Uh, and then, hopefully, the property increases in value. And if so, like uh, you'll you'll participate when we liquidate it. Or our vision is to build a secondary marketplace to let you you know sell your shares sooner mm. than having to wait the five or seven years that you might have to wait in a typical fund to see your returns because a lot of uh, our consumer research shows that like that is a worry for customers who are investing is what if I need access to my
1: money Sooner, yeah. and so we're going to
0: try to solve that as well in our in our next generation uh,
1: product feature Very, very, very interesting and cool. Just, just to clarify, a couple things you said too. So, I I love, I love how you guys are sort of optimizing for emotion too, right? Of like, hey, how do we, how do we help people build connection to a specific property versus just? I I do think you're, you're you're spot on about like the, the traditional sort of like fund model, right? Of hey, you know, you own, you're gonna write us a check for twenty thousand dollars. It's gonna go to basically all of the hundred homes we might have under management it is it's it's absolutely less of a of an emotional connection that that i have to that portfolio right um whereas if if i if i knew that that 20k was going to this specific home uh it 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 definitely just it it totally changes how how i think about that uh as an individual which is which is great so I, i love that model are you guys thinking? I think you said you're you're not doing a timeshare sort of model, but is, is there any is there any way do you, you plan on having folks who own partic- uh, a particular home um, shares of a particular home to be able to have some sort of like rights to to visit and stay in and like like how, how are you guys thinking about getting people to stay in your properties as as guests, um, if at all?
0: Yeah. Well, so. I guess the short answer is yes. The complicated answer is uh, because we're regulated by the SEC, it it is complex. Yeah. Right. Because you might have a thousand investors that own shares of that property. Yeah. But like letting one of them stay there at a massive discount is arguably bad for the other 999 if it was going to get booked anyway. Right. And so. Uh, but what what we do have a vision for is, you know, Mansion may be willing to fund that as marketing expense ourselves. Yeah. Like if we think it's valuable to allow investors to stay so that we can make all the thousand investors whole, uh, but provide a discount still. And I think, if we're doing a good job, we should have the margin to do that. Um, so we may prevent it today. It's not it's not part of our filing with the SEC. So we don't provide that. Yeah. I think the other vision, the other vision I have for why we did fractional ownership is yeah, my hope is it's like our new form of loyalty. So if yeah. you think about Hilton in Marriott points, like if you invest, we will likely say, like, okay. Yeah. Instead of just you getting to stay there, you actually are someone incentivized to tell all your friends, like, "Hey, if you are going to Charlotte or going to Deerfield Beach, yeah. you should stay in my mansion." Yeah, <laughs> like, and you you directly benefit from it. We may be able to provide them a discount code because if it's a direct booking versus an no OTA booking, as yeah. you know, there's a little bit of margin we can we can play with. Um, so I think the long-winded answer is we're definitely going to build some capabilities on that front. And we're definitely going to try to leverage the investor audience to help us drive bookings and drive revenue in a way where it, it feels like ownership really is the next generation of loyalty, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And if we can have tools of who are motivated to you know, share it with their connections and their networks and their communities in their own way, um, but in a way that's financially beneficial to them and the rest of the crowd, like I think it's a, a win for
1: everybody. What What's really interesting, too, though, is like if... You're essentially kind of also building up this network of like verified, like, yes, to an extent, right? Meaning, if I own shares in a particular home, in theory, you would love all. All the people to, that stay in your property to have some stake in the property, so that they treat the property with like the respect that it deserves, right? Exactly. There's, there's also yeah. this sort of like, uh, you know, challenge to wrestle with of like, how how could we how could we make this happen in a way that is beneficial to the investor where they feel like, okay, I I invested in this particular place because I like this market or my family, you know, has a history of going to this lake or this beach or whatever it might be. Uh, how, do you, how do you how do you incentivize them just enough so that like it's not hurting the the rest of the investors but at the same time you're you're getting them to book a couple weeks out of the year because again those couple weeks that they're there hopefully if they're if they're good people which they probably are hopefully um they're they're gonna respect the heck out of that place right and it's almost like having your best possible customers use your product right all, all the time you you'd 100 percent want that to happen versus like uh, uh, you know having to cycle through new customers that use your product every day or every week or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. And, and I'm, I'm a big believer in database decisions. I think as we kind of build the model out and have data to show to the investors as well, like, Hey, here's the difference on maintenance expense or damage expenses, et cetera. When an investor stays versus a typical guest, yeah, like I think that'll be an easier decision to say, like, here's why we should provide a 10%, 15% discount to get our investors to stay. Um, So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's one thing that Wander has figured out like, From what I understand, I think their properties in general, tying in kind of their network of uh, folks as their guests, gives them a lot more confidence uh, that the properties will be treated well. And so their expense line looks lower than a typical kind of standard Airbnb does, just around the bad actors that come through, unfortunately, Uh, but it's just part of the business. And so I think the the more you can lower that, I think the the better.
1: Yeah. Last-minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred days become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again that's bnbping.com. One of the big questions I have for you is around this this kind of like consumer facing brand too that that you're that you're building up, right? So like you mentioned uh at the uh, earlier in our conversation, right? This idea that five Plus years from now, you'd love for people to be like, "Hey, like, I want to go stay in this mansion, or I, you know, this this is like my mansion. I I own sixteen mansions, right? Or at least parts of of sixteen mansions, or whatever it is. Uh, Building a consumer facing brand for for uh, investors is one thing, right? But then also, if you're if you're trying to be a Marriott or Hilton, right, you You've got to build up a consumer-facing brand for for prospective guests too, right? And and that's incredibly difficult. Like, I, I do think there, you know, even even like the the largest property management companies today, like the you know, Vacasas, may, maybe Saundar has some like brand household name recognition, maybe. But but like very very few companies have been able to achieve that. So like, first and foremost, this is a question I like to ask anyone that comes on the show that talks about wanting to be this kind of like next generation hospitality brand. Which by the way, I think that there's huge opportunity to become that. But like what is it going to take to do it and like why do you think it hasn't been able to be done well at scale anyways yet
0: well i think it's probably that last part where every person who aspires or is vc backed etc wants to be that brand at scale to me brand is just delivering an experience consistently over time as you grow right like so for us, my primary focus for our team is to establish our brand in a in a way where a guest knows what to expect, and we deliver a consistent product no matter where they stay. Yeah. So, like the the best equivalent, and Marion and Hilton probably are not the best equivalent, but the best equivalent I would give is maybe a Kimpton hotel or a Rosewood hotel, where like they're all very different. They're all yeah. tied into their local communities, into the local city. They're all designed slightly different. But when I show up at a Kempton in Charlotte or a Kempton in Miami or a Kempton in London, I know what I'm going to get yeah. out of that product. Yeah. And I think those brands, you know, the aspiration for me for Mansion isn't that the first time somebody uh, finds us. So I think in that awareness or exploration phase, I think the OTAs play a huge role and yeah. are super valuable on that part, right? Just like Booking.com or Expedia plays that role for Kempton or Hilton but after that guest experiences mansion i hope that they become a, b- a bigger part of our community and more connected to us yeah. and it's not it's not in a selfish way where i necessarily care that they book directly like because what we're trying to build in the ecosystem is something where maybe they they love it so much they want to be a shareholder that's yeah. great right so if they want to invest in that in that property that's good for us maybe you know they refer other people to stay there that's great for us um i think my vision for the brand isn't around direct booking necessarily obviously that will be a, a value unlock at yeah. some future time but uh, i think that is the pitfall is don't not getting ahead of our skis and not trying to feel like we have to run tv ads and how all this brand marketing and those things because i think the best brand marketing you can have is just delivering the, a consistent good experience whatever you set that threshold is for your your guests and elevating it over time uh, yeah. and you know, that's, that's my goal for the, the team is we don't want to grow too fast, but I think scaling that brand is about that. Yeah. And if we can keep our economics healthy, like we have good unit economics already. So scaling isn't about necessarily, you know, how do we drive a thousand times more demand on the state side? Like our properties are occupied at a pretty high flip compared to the competition. So we don't need awareness on the state part of the business. I think we need awareness on the investor side, uh, because that's just a nascent, thing and there's not an airbnb out there who's aggregating that demand for us yeah uh yet maybe Bankrate or somebody will build that with us but uh you know benzinga does a decent job trying to do it so uh but i think that space is a lot more nascent even than the airbnb side
1: yeah yeah no it's it's super interesting and like i i, I keep wondering right who who are going to be those those brands that really emerge. I think we're seeing, I think we're seeing a lot of folks like, you know, mansion, wander right in these like early stages of like, okay, they're, they're gaining, you guys are gaining some like uh, movement. Like I, I am seeing you guys kind of like grow. I'm seeing folks in my networks now start asking me questions like, Hey, do you know these people? Like, you know what, what's their shtick, Right. And so there, I, I do feel like there's like this really exciting momentum being built around these, Air, you know, Airbnbs, but like really these these short term rentals emerging uh, as, as these like professionally managed hotel like experiences, but you have the whole place to yourself, which is which is I think what like like Verbo had some big marketing campaign recently when where, where they were trying to be where they were trying to position themselves as like that solution. I don't, I don't necessarily, from my experience with Verbo, with I don't think that they're the place where this will happen. But like what, what Wander's trying to do, for example, um, at scale, now the Wander's are all like massive and they're huge. And like from, from everything that I've been able to tell, I've never actually stayed in one, but like they're for like groups, right? Like I don't know that I would like just bring my wife to like a, a Wander per se, uh, at, in terms of the properties that they currently have available. And so any... Uh, I do think that there's this massive opportunity for for these brands to kind of grow and scale. What I keep wondering is like, are they, is everyone just going to be bought by like a, a Hyatt or a Hilton or a Marriott, right? Is 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 the future of hotel growth thinking like, hey, we just need to buy these portfolios, right? And like bring them on. Like, I think this just happened with somebody the other day. It's happened a couple of times, I think uh, uh, already, um, or I guess Hyatt just la- launched their, their version of um homes and marriott's homes and villas i forget what homes and villas yeah yeah i I forget what hyatt's calling it but um but anyways so are our hotels gonna just go out and acquire wanderers and 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 the mansions of the world is there room to like get to a level of scale where you're truly competing with with these, these major hotel brands i guess from your perspective like what is like the most likely outcome like where if we fast forward like 10 years today like where, where are we at? Are, are there a bunch of like independently owned and operated portfolios of high-end, cool, short-term rentals? Or are there really just two or three brands like there are a, a handful of hotel brands?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I'd have to look at the true analysis of space and put on my MA and a hat uh, for a minute. We haven't raised any venture capital. But if I was pitching to a VC and I was a wanderer, and I actually know the VC is at QED who, who did part of their initial deal is I think one exit scenario is that a large hotel group says, just like, you know, they fold in buying Ritz-Carlton or buying Hilton or buying these end of the hotel group. Arguably, it's good for that brand as well. So it's not just an exit for those founders. Like when they're buying that hotel group, the group brings a ton of existing consumers to that platform, right? Like the reason Marriott and Hilton are so successful, a big part of why a real estate developer picks Hilton instead of Zach's new hotel brand yeah. isn't just because it's a known brand, but because like there's embedded base that will come. So I yep. don't have to bet on his ability to market it necessarily. Like yeah. they already have distribution. And so I I think that is definitely a path of, and I don't even know if the scale has to be massive. I think if you get players into the couple hundred properties and it's a consistent experience and it is wrapped in a brand that the hotel group can take advantage of. I could see that as a pretty lucrative exit for the founders and a good acquisition for those brands. Because at that point, they're acquiring more than just the real estate. Like They're actually acquiring the operational expertise, the technology, the brand marketing, the consumer relationships, and they can fold those into their umbrellas. I think right now, it's probably not super strategic. It's probably more just like a REIT if they're buying these brands. Because it doesn't exist yet like wander you know I, the guys are doing awesome stuff there and i think their creative and brand is better than ours um uh, and i think their properties are definitely for like very high net worth or maybe large groups uh, but you know we don't include a tesla with every stay with, with <laughs> mansion but uh it would break our economics i think but uh yeah so i long winded answer is i think that is definitely a path i think there's also an opportunity though for you know, a brand if if they have the right investors or if they have the right outlook is, yeah. you know, the Hiltons of the world weren't built in five years. Yeah. like we're on this like VC startup mentality, but I think twenty years from now, if somebody can stick to it and has good leadership and good operational teams, uh, like the people are going to matter the most. I think they could build like a, a true competitor that just focuses on these like larger uh, group type stays. Yeah. Uh, I even love the model uh, this hotels for groups concept because I think the reality is, like we talk about single family homes because today that's a category that easily serves that demand of people wanting to travel together with their friends or traveling with our kids or something. It's a lot easier for me to stay in an Airbnb. Not because I don't love, I traveled like 250,000 miles a year when I was leading a global uh, operations at Red Ventures. And I love staying in nice hotels when I was by myself. But like with a a small kid and the wife, and it's a lot easier to stay in a place with a kitchen and a fridge and bedrooms and, you know, places like that. And so uh, I think that product will keep evolving. And, you know, we have a slight advantage versus the big hotel groups, uh, us like smaller startups, because, you know, we can learn how to operate those properties at scale that are distributed and that not centralized. And uh, I think this hotels for groups concept is another one that mansions exploring pretty heavily with commercial developers of mm. like, you know, there's limitations. You, you can't go to Greenville, South Carolina, which is a great market because they've out, they've banned short-term rentals. Well, if we could have a hotel license, but basically have a three bed, like four, three bedroom, two bath units mm. uh, downtown with a hotel license, like now there's decent demand still. Cause people go to Airbnb looking for it, but there's no supply yeah. so like i i think being creative and people building up those portfolios there'll be a ton of options for them on from an exit strategy at the right
1: time. yeah dude uh this is this is exciting um my my last question for you is just yeah talk to us a little bit about like the next 12 to 24 months for mansion like what's on the roadmap what are you excited about what what can we expect to see in the in the you know relative short term
0: Yeah, I mean, our primary goal right now is we just launched on mansionlife.com the ability for people to buy shares with our first offering. So our first offering is uh, like a beautiful infill home in the the suburbs of Charlotte, North Carolina. Our second offering is going to come in the next couple of weeks. Uh, There's a property in Deerfield Beach that is going to have a a brand new pickleball court. Hmm. I know I heard Steve talk about uh, the importance of amenities. Like that's an amenity right now that's like super hot for us and can, can drive differentiation on ADRs. But I think over the next 12 months, you know, we still have work to do on professionalizing and uh, creating a replicable playbook on that property management side. We're gonna reinvest on that. We have a, our own mobile app for stays and things like that, but we're gonna kind of re- double down on what does that experience look like? And we're gonna integrate the two, right? So if you stay in a property with us, you can easily buy a share of it. And if you buy a share, you can easily refer people to stay with us or you can book your stay yourself. So like that's a decent amount of behind the scenes. Uh, and then honestly, it's just continue to find great properties, continue yeah. to kind of up our game on the experience side. Uh, I think there's a ton of opportunity for us to integrate AI and I'm, I'm very close to some folks doing cool stuff on that front. Uh, everything's from like, how do we automate, you know, ask us to deliver your groceries or whatever you need to our Airbnb and our concierge can take care of it by integrating the Instacart API behind the scenes. Like there's just some really cool things we're going to try to do. Um, uh, and then, you know, I think if. Success for us looks like uh probably going from our first offering to hopefully doing five a month by in the next 12 months. I think that would be success put us on a pace of adding 60 homes in the in the next year that are fully owned by our community yeah. like uh, I
1: think if if we can get there then we have a good business and then we'll see from there we'll, maybe we'll chat again in 12 months and we'll check in. Yeah, dude, that's that's impressive. Um, and and for folks tuning in who might be interested, uh, we'll have links to the mansion website and their first offering in the show notes below. You can go check it out, and if it looks exciting to you, uh, go ahead and, and request more information, or can you can you just immediately like buy buy shares, or do you got it? I mean, there's some sort of quick yeah, little yeah.
0: It's kind of like a robinhood like experience. So you ah, got to cool. create your account go through the setup process, like date of birth and that kind of stuff that we had to do the checks that are required and then, yeah. uh, yeah, read the offering disclosure, but basically you can go to the website, you can see all the details of the property. We try to share as much information as we can. And then you click the button to invest, pick the amount of shares that you're comfortable buying. And then, uh, the process should be pretty quick. And if it's not definitely give us feedback, you know, we're, we are a startup. We're finding bugs every day, but, uh, I think the team has done a really good
1: job building a cool experience. Very, very cool, man. Uh, well, thanks so much for your time. I, uh, the last thing I just want to say, too, is I, what I'm super excited about when I talk to people like you, John, and others in, in the industry who are entrepreneurs who are kind of coming into this, the you know, the, the legacy industry of hospitality and making it exciting again. Like, we haven't seen a super cool, like, a new hotel brand that is like been born and grown to like, a, you know, a massive scale in, in the last couple decades And I think what's really cool about what's happening right now in hospitality and specifically in like the short-term rental uh, space is there there are entrepreneurs who have really cool experiences who have the right, you know, pedigree if you will to, to kind of come in and and build new things here so Thanks for doing this work, man. Um, it's very, very exciting. I am thankful that we have had the opportunity to chat here. We'll definitely check in in six to 12 months, see, see where things are at. And um, thanks for thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. And again, for folks who are tuning in, if you want to go learn more about Mansion, everything will be in the show notes below. If you want to connect with John, I'll have links to his LinkedIn uh, and any other social platforms he might be active on in the show notes as well. Thanks so much for your time, man.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it.
1: Okay. That was kind of weird, but, um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe. Um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.